This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. At work and at home, technology has become an increasingly integral part of everything we do to the point that it's hard to imagine what our days would look like without computers or smartphones. And this has really placed an emphasis on the security of our tech. And here to talk about that and much more is Mark Davidson, the IT manager at Western Reserve Area Agency on Aging. Mark, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we dive too far down that IT rabbit hole, Mark, uh, can you give us a quick summary on who Western Reserve is and what you guys do? Yeah, so we are a nonprofit organization um, that generally uh, focuses on um, the older aging population as well as handicapped. Um, basically, our mission statement is we want to provide services for people to live independently in a place that they want to call home. Absolutely. It's it's wonderful stuff that you guys do at Western Reserve. And so I, uh, I admire that a lot and uh, love getting a chance to chat with you guys when I have the opportunity. And today we're talking a little bit more about cybersecurity and IT, which is something you know a lot about. And I wanted to start off just by talking about what's at stake when we talk about cybersecurity, because I know there's the temptation to view these threats as maybe nothing more than annoying spam emails and, you know, things along those lines. But it's it can be much, much more than that. And so I want to start off there. What When we talk about cybersecurity, what are we really talking about and what's at risk when we uh, discuss these threats? So more and more, our, our world is becoming, it's a more data-focused environment now. Ba- basically, you look at someone's phone. Ba- a few years ago, someone's phone just had, you know, their contacts call history. Even if they had a web browser on it, it held very little information. Now, if you basically have your life in your pocket, you know, it has your banking information, it has pictures of your kids, it has, I mean, you name it, it has it on there. It, it, it tracks where you go. Um, <laughs> so it's really, it's, it's a great tool, but it has to be utilize properly and go through the necessary steps to to secure yourself. So more and more, it's becoming uh, apparent that uh, data is being collected on us at any given point, which has kind of increased our data footprint, I suppose. How can people be more aware of what data is being collected on them, what data they are just sharing freely out into the world? What are some tips that you have for people, both in a business sense, but also just in their personal lives about what information they're sharing out at any given time? Yeah, so generally what I tell our staff is just try to take that 10,000 foot view of your life, what you have available for the general public to see. You know, you go on anyone's Facebook, you know, they have pictures of their family, they have pictures of their kids, they have all types of information out there that you may think might be just, just innocent data out there. But, you know, when it comes to people creating their passwords. I know a lot of people like to make something that's familiar to them. You know, if if they make it something that's easily guessable, you can you can open yourself up to a world of hurt. Um, you know, people can get into your your bank account. They can get into all of your other social accounts. A big thing is email. People might see email as just a way to communicate, mm-hmm. but it's also a way to have yourself taken advantage of. You know, if somebody 
everyone's received spam emails. Phishing is big. Uh, phishing, if if people aren't aware, it's um, it's you know essentially that you're fishing for information. So you're you're throwing out you're throwing out the bait and seeing who's gonna who's gonna bite. A lot of times we'll see that happen with um, organizations. Someone will email someone in the in an organization, make a fake email account from the CEO and say, hey, uh, can you go buy something for me? Uh, but keep this discreet. I don't want anyone to know it's a gift. <laughs> wow. So it's people are sneaky. People mm-hmm. are really sneaky mm-hmm. out there. I mean, a, a huge tip that I would that I tell all of our staff is to change your password regularly and don't use the same one for everything. Because, you know, if you think if your pat if your email gets compromised or your Facebook, big deal, you'll change the password and you'll be okay. But what if that's the same password for your bank? What if that's the same password for you know your your healthcare, your your doctor's office for right. your medical records? Right. That that could be a big problem. Absolutely. So what what are some things that people should look for when it comes to identifying these phishing emails or identifying these scams? How can people be vigilant and keep an eye out for them? So especially around the holiday, the time of year we are we're in right now in December, um it's people are spending a lot of money online and you know, cash is king and and right now data is king. So make sure that if you get an email that seems a little bit too good to be true, it probably is. A common tactic for scam artists are to mask the display name. And a display name in an email address is, you know, if you get an email from Bob Jones, it will say Bob Jones. It'll say Bob Jones at AT&T.net. But that might say Bob Jones, but it might just be, if you check the email address that's hidden underneath it, it might be just gibberish at some website from Lithuania. Right, right. <laughs> um, always check the email address. If there's a link and you're on a computer um, in the email that you're not sure about, hover over it mm-hmm. and see what the what the address says. If it's not that legitimate uh, website, don't click on it because that's more than likely spam. Interesting, interesting. Those, those are some really, really good tips. Uh, I, I'd never really thought about the hovering over the link idea. That's a, that's a really good one. Yeah. So if someone suspects that they might have, you know, clicked on a bad link or opened an email they shouldn't have opened, um, and they are now like the victim of a phishing scam, something along those lines, what should they do? How, how do you kind of close that off now that you've kind of opened that, uh, that Pandora's box, let's say? So there's a number of ways to look at that. It could be a malware attack, or it could be someone just trying to get access to your accounts. If it's a malware attack, you have a much bigger problem. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But if it's a phishing, if it's a phishing attack, and you accidentally type in your password on a website that is not legitimate, you immediately should change your password. And if not, turn on dual factor authentication for your account if it's not already enabled, because that person could go in, if they already have access to your email address, they could reset that password and get your new password and essentially lock you out of your accounts. Dual factor authentication is a great blocker for spam while well, being taken advantage of. And basically what that is, is you'll get a text to your phone and it will give you like a six-digit pin or a push notification. And you basically say, give yourself a thumbs up that that is you. There, there's really only one way for the spam spammer to get in your 
account at that point, and that is to have your phone as well. And that's very unlikely <laughs> to happen. Yeah, it's, it's that's that's a little bit harder to come by, I suppose. So is that one of the things that you would recommend to a business to put into effect, right? Is to have two-factor authentication anytime you need to log into anything that has sensitive business information or personal um, type stuff is to make sure that there is a two-factor authentication system to make sure that a company's private information and private data stays private? Oh, absolutely. And especially for an organization of our of our type, we have uh, third-party systems that you know handle our patient information, um, and that's that's a big regulation. We go through um, security audits every year um, to make sure that everything's in tip-top shape. And um, using dual-factor authentication is is a must. We're we're we have that rolled out to our IT staff, and um, we are rolling that out to everyone else. Um, and basically, you know, if you want to get into your email offsite, you gotta, you gotta make sure that it's you getting in there. <laughs> it's one of those things that, uh, at the time you kind of, uh, as you're going through the process, just to get into your email, you're kind of cursing it, but you know that in the long run, it's probably saving you a lot more time and a lot of headaches, uh, in lots of other ways, uh, than not having it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know that that's that's I, I think a lot of cybersecurity is sometimes you you think about it and you think oh it's um you know this is an extra step or an extra thing that you have to do but taking that little bit of time on the front end to to save yourself I suppose on the back end really is um, a large part of what cybersecurity is right is that the internet has made it made it so easy and convenient just to consume a lot of information and to put a lot of information out there and that sort of thing but taking that next little step into uh, just to make sure that you stay secure is a really good idea probably and something that more people should probably adopt, right? Is that we have to change our mindset ever so slightly just to say, I'll take these extra 30 seconds or whatever just to get into my email. It's not going to ruin my day if it takes me 30 extra seconds. In the long run, it'll protect me in, in a much larger way. Is that just kind of a change of mindset that we have to get into nowadays just with the, the landscape that we're in? Yeah, yeah. Uh you you nailed it right on the head there. Um it's you know it 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 is a barrier that we have to cross and you don't really want to you know tell people to do things cuz no one likes to be told what to do. <laughs> right. If you explain it, if you explain the importance of something to somebody, um they're they're more apt to to go along with it. You know, I I kind of I kind of use the the analogy of, you know, you have to go get your your tags on your car every every mm -hmm. couple every year every mm -hmm. other year you know it's just one of those things that you have to you you really should do because if you don't you it could put you in some trouble Absolutely, absolutely. So, what are the basics that companies and individuals should know uh, to protect themselves these days? We talked about two-factor two authentication. What other kind of basics are out there that individuals should know, but also companies should be putting into place to make sure that they stay protected? From an IT standpoint, every company should should use least privilege, um, and basically, what least privilege is, you only have access to things on your network that you need to do your job. I, I know that there's there's some company owners that want access to everything because they're the owner. Sure. But realistically, you know, they, they've got so many things going on. And if they're, you know, you leave your iPad at the airport, everything in your company could be compromised at mm -hmm. that point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so practicing least privilege is 
101. That's that's basic first grade stuff with with <laughs> IT. That if you don't if you don't do that, there's there's a problem there. Another thing is password security. You know, create a long password. Some people have have trouble uh, remembering a password. Um, they always tell you to use uppercase, lowercase number, and a special character, and have it be like ten characters long. Write a sentence, and then add add a exclamation point or some character in between words. If you write a if you write a short sentence there, you know it could be as anything as my favorite month is November, and the color blue is blue. <laughs> you know it it could be something as as stupid as that, and sure, sure. Th- that's a very long password. <laughs> that would meet the requirements, I would guess. Yeah. Also, don't write down your password in an obvious place. If you if you have to write it down, um, using a password keeper app on your phone that is uh, biometric blocked, um, which is whether you're using an iPhone with uh, the thumbprint or you're using the face scanner, that's that's very secure. Also, if you, if you have to write it down, write it somewhere that no one would expect to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't put it underneath your keyboard. <laughs> don't tape it to the lid of your laptop. And yes, I have seen that many times. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, the sticky note uh, right there at the top of the uh, at the top of the laptop. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. And make it make it not obvious as to someone who knows you. Um, a lot of times with cracking people's accounts. It's through social engineering. Somebody even in your personal life can be like, "Hey, uh, you know, how's your how's your dog doing? What was what was her name again?" And then you know they have your dog's name. Sure. Or uh, hey, you know, back in high school, I used to drive that old beat up Toyota Camry. Or, or or I was born in such and such city. You're just giving them all the all the possible answers to your security questions right right man that's a really good point i hadn't even thought about that yeah so i i can't stand those security questions for that sake because it's all it's all basic stuff and if you have to make it kind of like an inside joke and like make up the answers to something that people wouldn't know (laughs) right yeah and that that's another reason why dual factor so so good and you mentioned biometric uh kind of password protection i suppose you know thumbprints face scanning and that sort of thing do you see those continuing to become a bigger and bigger i guess more widely used uh, gradually over time and are they more secure than just your typical password i do i do see them using people using them more often than not for one it's ease of access it's easier for the end user to just put their thumb or scan their face on there mm-hmm. um you know people are worried about big brother taking your face but come on if they ha- if they want your face they got your face <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean realistically there's cameras on every street corner there's cameras in every right. pocket right but using biometrics is great along with using a password Mm -hmm. if you're if you're going to uh set up your system in a certain way um it may get annoying but the more important the information is um i would suggest using biometrics and a password Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's 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 really uh, I, I I see what you're saying there. And again, just once again, just adding you know that extra quick little step in there just to make sure that you stay fully protected, fully secure makes a lot of sense. So let's talk a little bit about what you've put in place at Western Reserve to ensure protection there, because you mentioned a lot of sensitive information. Anytime you're dealing with you know healthcare records, things along those lines, that's sensitive information that you really want to make sure stays under lock and key the way that it it needs to. And so, what are some of the protocols you've put in place? there at Western Reserve that other people can maybe follow those models? Sure. So we, I, I spoke on having dual factor authentication that we use a product called Duo, which is excellent. There are many different policies that you can set. Um, you can get really granular. You can get very broad with the policies that you can set. Have a great password policy. Reset, reset it numerous times a year. Don't allow people to use the same password with just, you know, a one or two after. What I do is I like to send out little trick emails. So I'll send out little tips, things that people might not know or things that might be completely obvious. You know, everyone has a different background. Everyone has a job to do. And not everyone's job is to be an IT expert. Right. Um, and I understand that. And, you know, if you if you get frustrated with people not not being the most tech savvy, you're going to be a miserable person <laughs> because you know not everyone not everyone's not everyone you know has that background and that's totally fine. But if you help them be educated in the field that they help them be educated in you know just the just the day to day tools that they use, mm -hmm. it's going to help them a lot and it's going to get their brain moving. I tell everyone if you have any questions at all about technology at home or you know it might not have to be work related but my door's always open come and ask me a question and that will allow them to be more secure in asking questions i always say that no question is a stupid question um, because the last thing you want is someone to see something and go oh i'm just going to shut down <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. th oh this this virus i'll just shut down and maybe it'll stop so education is key um, dual factor authentication, passwords. We also we also have a really nice piece of software on our back end that allows us to monitor basically all the changes in our files. Um, it it monitors to see if there's ransomware activity going on, or um, it it blocks it blocks um, external IP addresses from accessing our network. Um, so. It, we really, we really have to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, every company should. Um, you know, I've I've talked to numerous people who work at hospitals, and they say that their their systems get get attempted to be cracked about two million times a day. Wow! Um, and it's just it's just automated bots just sending requests. Wow! Yeah. That's that's really crazy to hear. And you, you know, one of the things that that you mentioned, and I, I think that this is, I think that's a really good policy. Is just you know feeling the freedom to to approach you and ask any questions and that sort of thing, right? I, I think that uh, maybe uh, maybe portrayal in different media outlets has has not been kind to IT professionals and just you know would suggest that you guys you know, can't talk to you or you're closed off or that sort of thing. But you've done a really good job of just expressing how open you are about helping people with any problem problem that they have and that there's no dumb question or anything like that. And I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'm just, uh, I'm not smart when it
it comes to computers. So I can't go, I can't go ask Mark a question, but that's, that's clearly not the case. And I think that that's really uh, an awesome policy and uh, it gives people the freedom to ask any question and to come to you with any issue that they might have with uh, anything uh, tech related. Yeah, sure. Um, there's, there's one thing that I, that I don't allow and that is people saying, I am not a computer person. <laughs> Today you are a computer person. Everyone, there, there's, there's, there's no such thing as a computer person. There's just people. And, you know, a computer is a tool. You know, you don't say, I'm not a car person. I, don't, I, I, I back into cars all the time. <laughs> you know, <It's, laughs> you're, you're a person. And it's, we're, we're here to help you. There's infinite resources out there to, to assist you along the way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially with our, with our agency, we want to, we want to help our own. And, um, if we help you in your, your personal technology endeavors, as well as your work, it's, it's going to make the agency stronger as a whole. Absolutely. Well, Mark, I have learned a lot and this has been a really informative and, uh, and fun conversation. And so thank you so much for taking some time talking to me about uh, cybersecurity and keeping your IT safe and protected these days. I really appreciate the time and I hope we uh, do it again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me.